this holiday edition of Downtown Sports, as well as all of our ad-free content, is brought to you by Digital Market Battles. Go to www.digitalmarketbattles.com. Get your discovery call done today. I am the beast of the East, Jonathan Pariente, alongside my co-host of Mouth of the South, John Schiavone. We are downtown sports, and we are where sports come home. We wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year. This is a special Christmas edition of Downtown Sports. No ads, no commercials, just us. Scary, huh? Mm. Now, John, you are out uh, delivering some Christmas presents, being uh, the town's great Santa Claus, you know, yes. on a beautiful Christmas day. Yes, are I there, was. Uh, is there anybody you want to put on your good list this year? Hmm, who would I put on my good list in terms of sports? You know who would be on the good list? The Brooklyn Nets would be on the good list. They would be on the very good to great, if not championship list. Santa is writing down orders for championship rings right now, especially after you saw what they did to the Golden State Warriors. Durant, Irving, and Levert, all three, 20-plus points. Watch the game on Christmas for the Nets. Watch that net game on Christmas, guys. Boston Celtics. Versus Celtics. This is going to be a movie, as they would say. And it should be very impressive. It's really uh, looking forward to seeing where that goes. The Knicks are also playing their first game of the year. You know, Pacers, a tough first game, but the Knicks have – Promise coming up ahead of them. All right. So your good list was mentioned. How about your naughty list? Oh, Sean McVay. Sean McVay has made the naughty list. And Jared Goff and Aaron Donald and everybody who contributed to the fact that the New York Jets will now not be getting the generational talent in this year's draft. But enough about that. Yes. You know what we need to do? We got a top 10. A very special NFL top 10 where we go through the biggest and brightest presents underneath the tree, the menorah, whatever you light up to uh, give holiday presents. These are the 10 biggest presents in the NFL today. Starting with number 10. Who is it, John? Well, very interesting one. Thank want to thank always Chris DeLarge and Tony Mainville for this top 10 list. Yep. Number 10 on our list, the Baltimore Ravens Ooh. at 9 and 5. Well, uh, this is very interesting. You know, Ravens were up there a little bit. You know, Ravens have played well of late. They started the they season. They started the season as the number three team on the list. And then they-, they disappeared for multiple weeks. They are finally back. They are finally back due to the play of their uh, MVP quarterback, Lamar Jackson. He's looked like he's recovered from COVID-19. He's playing better. He's passing better. He's running. He's doing all the stuff that you saw him do last year. Maybe he uh, made the adjustments necessary to uh, keep on going. Well, the Ravens, I'll tell you what, you do not want to let the Ravens into the playoffs if you are anyone outside of them right now you know what they could still win this division guys 
yeah, with the way the Steelers have played of late, uh, I'm surprised they were not on your naughty list uh, besides the Rams, John, considering how the Steelers couldn't even beat the Bengals on Monday night. Well, uh, you, you, you know, the reason McVay is on the naughty list because I told him specifically not to do exactly what he did, but there's that. So, um, yeah, that, I guess that's how we go about that. Number 10. Number 10, the Ravens. Number nine on our list. Well, this is an improvement. They moved up one notch. Green Bay Packers are number nine on our top ten list. Oh, so Chris has finally seen it fit to move them up a spot. Now they're in the single digits, even though they're the best team in the NFC that have won every game that pretty much they've played. Uh, Ten and four record, first seed in the NFC. Chris has not sold on them yet. Chris hasn't sold on them yet. Of course he's not sold on them. Says they haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Uh, other than the same Lambo hasn't uh, Lambo doesn't uh, he feels like Lambo has lost its touch the mystique of that stadium oh, yeah yes yes Lambo's lost its mystique in the fall um this isn't winter it hasn't been winter very long yet so um yeah, go to what happens when some January snow hits Lambo field and then go tell to, me Aaron Rodgers can't play go to Lambo when it's cold yeah, go to Lambeau and win when it's like 10 degrees outside and it feels like minus five. Then tell me the Packers and Lambeau Field don't have that mystique. All hail the kings of the cheese. Next. Yes. Number eight on our top 10 is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were an honorable mention not too long ago, but now here the Buccaneers are second in the NFC South, second in the wild card spot. I love how a second place team is ahead of Green Bay on this list. A team with, uh, by the way, most people are going to say this, a worse quarterback than Green Bay. You know, suddenly the, the uh, you realize suddenly the Saints have lost two in a row. They're ten and four, and uh, suddenly here come the Buccaneers knocking at the door for the NFC South. This division is not over yet. I do think that the Saints will take it because um, they were too far ahead, and I think Breeze will brush off some of that rust. But remember, he broke like what? 10 ribs and had a punctured lung in his back. Of course, he's going to have a slow game the first time back after you've had your ribs punctured. Mm -hmm. Lungs punctured by shattered ribs that are no longer even there. Like, the fact that Drew Brees is even playing is a miracle right now. The fact that he, even with despite the injuries and the way he played, they still put up a fight with the Chiefs and only lost by three. So, tells you everything you need to know. The Saints are just a a no-quit team, and they keep playing till the end. That's a team – that that's the team that's going to get in the Super Bowl from the NFC. Watch. Let's see. I'm curious to see where the Saints are going to go from here. I will. Be I think the Saints will go up. I think the Saints will go up, but the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are right there. I would not. I would not sleep on Tampa Bay. I would not sleep on them. This is a. I haven't slept on them. I've taken a full blown nap with uh, a, a little bit of a sleep blanket and a teddy bear. They're not. They're not doing anything in the playoffs. They're not going anywhere. It's a nice story. It's a nice story. You know, Brady, Gronk, back together again. Old buddies back at it. They did prove they were better than Belichick, so there's that. I mean, good. You might have to to eventually be eating those words, John. You may have to be eating those words very, very soon if they go deeper than you think they will go. I don't think they will. I'm sorry. I just don't think so. Okay. Let's move on. Let's go to number seven on our top ten, the Miami Dolphins. What a journey they've been on. Tua came in middle of the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick was leading the way. Bye week comes. Brian Flores decides we're putting the kid in. It's time for Tua. It's Tua time. And do you know what? He was absolutely right to do it because 
Look at the way Miami was progressing. That team was learning how to win while winning, playing well. Fitzpatrick was getting everybody up to speed. And then Flores looked and said, wow, this is great. You know what? We can't leave our first round draft pick behind like that. We don't want a situation where Fitzpatrick starts this whole year, the team makes the playoffs, and then we go to Tua, and it's like they've regressed all over again. So they put in Tua, and look at the results. Well, They speak things, for themselves. Things had to go a certain way if you were the Dolphins for everything to have gone the way it did. And, of course, when to put Tua in, obviously, was a very, very key point. But let me uh, go back a little bit in time here at the Dolphins. And let's remember, they started off losing three of their first four games to start the year. Let's, let's go back to that for, for a brief moment, okay? Yep. All right. The Dolphins were 3-3 three and three at the bye week when they decided to go to Tua. They were 3-3. Three and three. Since then, from the minute Tua – now, they were already in the middle of having one, two in a row before the bye week, and, you know, who knows, why would you put two in when, you're, when they had the momentum? Miami then won the next three in a row with two at the helm and then proceeded to just continue to win. And basically, in the second half of the year, they've gone six and two so far since the bye week. Yeah, if they weren't in a division with, uh, I think, the team that might actually come out of the AFC this year, if they weren't in the same division as the Buffalo Bills. They'd be uh, hosting a playoff game. Yeah. Well, here's That's how good Miami is. Well, here's an interesting note. And again, it's not going to line up the way we want it now, but Miami will have a chance to see if they're meant to hang with Buffalo. They're going to play first the Raiders this coming Saturday, a chance to eliminate them from any playoff contention. And then they will end the year against Buffalo. You know something? That might actually be a situation where you see two teams play each other two weeks in a row. Yep. It could and, fall like that. It could fall like that. More importantly, you're going to have the two future quarterbacks of their respective teams going head to head to Josh Allen. Get ready for about 10 more years of those matchups between these two teams. Cause both these teams finally, after years and years removed from the best quarterbacks that they've ever had in their franchise. Finally. If only, teams, Sam, if only Sam Darnold or Trevor Lawrence could have joined that mix, man, would we have had something special there. Hey, look, Justin Fields isn't bad. Maybe he'll join the mix. Who knows? Maybe. If he doesn't decide he wants to play still. Next. Yeah. Moving on to our number six team on our list, the Seattle Seahawks. Well, Ooh. They have uh, – I know the Seahawks did win. Yes, they beat the Washington football team, but I'm concerned about Russell Wilson a little bit. Uh, he's thrown more picks this year than he's thrown his entire career. Uh, as a fantasy man and somebody that's been playing Russell Wilson, he cost me my semifinal game. I could have gone to the finals if Russell had showed up. Oh, come on, John. You're really that upset? No, I'm not. You're, saying, you're going to get Cole. Hanukkah Harry is going to put Cole in your stocking, John. I don't want Cole. Then maybe you shouldn't diss Russell Wilson. Maybe you should appreciate what your starting fantasy quarterback does for you. I mean, you benched Big Ben. Yeah, I've had him on my bench the whole pretty much a year. I haven't had a reason to start him at all. Oh, yeah. Well, that might change in my 
third place game this week. I did went out and get a quarterback, and I'm going to mention who it is shortly when we move up our top ten list. Mm, okay. It's somebody you never thought I was going to have any reason to have. Ooh. Somebody that I didn't like, but now Ooh. I may have to rest my season with him. Ooh. We'll, we'll find look. out. Going on. Let's keep but going the, up this list. But the Seahawks, yeah. The problems with Seattle, I think – it feels like since the running game came back, Russell's not been the same quarterback since Chris Carson came back from injury. You know, Russell Wilson was just able to throw the ball, just keep passing the ball because the running game really wasn't there. And I mean, they have played a good string of defenses the they have. few weeks. Their I defense mean, has been good. defense is not, is not anything to shake a stick at. Washington football team's defense is not anything to shake a stick at. L.A. Rams' defense is not anything to shake a stick at. Neither is San Francisco. Yeah, they've played a lot of teams with some good defenses, and that's why you're seeing offensive struggles. And that streak will continue as they take on the Rams for this coming week. And this is big for both of these teams. Seattle to clinch the NFC West. They're in the playoffs already regardless. They've clinched their spot. The Rams, though, have not clinched. If the Rams win, they do. Not only do they clinch, they tie Seattle for first. And due to the tiebreakers, they overtake Seattle for the NFC West. That's so it's correct. a very, very important game for one of these teams. And to me, the winner of this game, to me, the winner of this game will win the NFC West and the third seed in the playoffs. This will be a big one. Look for this matchup, ladies and gentlemen. Number five on our top 10, the Indianapolis Colts, 10 mm. and four in the AFC South. Number two in that division to the Titans, but second in the wild card race. I'll tell you guys this. I mean, look, John, you were you were bashing the Colts all year. You didn't Still like am. them. You kept complaining about the number of penalties they make and the, the, the play of this football team is so on and off. But they should be 12 and 2. Phillip Rivers has found ways to win with this new team of his. Jonathan Taylor, a solid running game. The Colts have so much versatility on their football team. There's never one big threat. Anybody on that team can win on any given day with this crew. This team moves very well laterally on the field. They could go from sideline to sideline very quickly. They spread. They use the entire field. Phillip Rivers' vision is still one of the best in the NFL. He could see passes and routes developing before, hell, even the receiver sees the route develop. The ball's there somehow, and uh, Rivers just knows where to throw it, know when to throw it, knows where his receivers are going to be, when they're going to be there. He's got this offense in sync, and the reason why I've bashed the Colts so much on penalties is because of the synergy of this offense. They should be doing better than this in the penalty department and and pretty darn good for where they are. I mean, you figured if this team was like what nine and seven by the end of the year, then who knows, but 10 and four. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, yeah, of course you take 10 and four, but here's the thing. Nobody has taken this Colts team seriously all year long. And that's mainly because they play undisciplined football. If they could keep the penalties to a minimum, that's a team that can also be dangerous in the playoffs. Because let me tell you something. If you think Phillip Rivers doesn't want a ring before he retires. This is his shot to get one. This might be his best and last shot to get one. Next. Number four in our top ten. And it's time. Remember what I just told you a minute ago that I had to make a big change on my fantasy team with my quarterback. Oh, no. Yeah. You know who my quarterback is, don't you? 
You, you, no. You, you, really? Number four on our top ten, Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield. Really? Call me a little crazy. As a Jet fan, as a Jet fan, how does that feel that you have to take Baker Mayfield from the scrap heap to try to win a game? Well, because Baker Mayfield's been playing very well over the last number of weeks, and there's no denying that. Nope. Yes. Many people, I know, many people have bashed Baker Mayfield. I'm one of them. A couple years, yeah. I'm one of them. You had every right to. I still do. What did people – what were some ways we characterized Baker Mayfield? Uh, a, te- a guy who can't beat teams in his own division, which he still is. Cocky. Yeah. Arrogant. Yeah. Thinks he knows everything. Still does. And then he uh, is running millions of commercials, showing mm-hmm. the world how humor and funny he is. And I well, was starting to think, was this a Jay Cutler 2.0? Well, or was this a uh, Johnny Manziel 2.0 uh, money uh, uh, Manziel? At least, at least, unlike Johnny Manziel, Baker didn't have a million parties in his dorm and uh, drink the night away as uh, old Johnny Football did. No, no. At uh, least, at least. You mean Johnny Alcohol? At least, Baker Mayfield has a following behind him in Cleveland. The fans. Every single night Baker takes the field, the crowd goes for Baker mania. They have a a quarterback. They have a franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. He is definitely a player that if you put the right pieces around him, he could get the ball where it needs to be. Now the Browns slowly have that right before our eyes. It took – you see the product before you of a team that over the years built through a draft. Mm -hmm. Miles Garrett, number one pick at one point to bolster their defensive line, to lead it. And look you at what happens. Line get revamped. You mm-hmm. then see the running game get revamped. Mm-hmm. Adding Kareem Hunt to go pick Chubb. That that that's the final. Read. That was the final push over. That was the final push over the edge for Cleveland to be really good. To have Kareem Hunt as your number two running back. Think uh-huh. about that. Kareem Hunt is their number two, not one, not two. Scary. Because that's how good Chubb's is. And if Chubbs and Hunt are that good and the offensive line blocks for them, Baker Mayfield has the easiest job on earth to get the ball to one of three unbelievable talents receiving the football. This offense is stacked. This O-line is stacked. And it's about time to see if we're going to be able to really – See if Cleveland can put it all together. Can Baker Mayfield silence the critics and possibly win the well, this AFC is a team. North? This is a team, guys. Yeah, don't sleep on them. The Browns may very much, I don't know if, if not this year, they're going to be very soon the face of the North. Uh, what, mark my words. The rest of that, NFC, that AFC North I don't think can contend with the Cleveland Browns. Talent-wise on that roster – Nah, I don't think so. They just need to learn how to win and play together. And hopefully, uh, barring devastating injury to uh, Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland fan base will have something to cheer about for the first time since 1960. Go back to the days of Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Go back to the days of Ozzie Newsome. Yep. Go, Go back, back to the, the days Bernie where... Bernie Yeah. 
And by the way, this would be the first time that this iteration of the Cleveland Browns actually does well in any sort of regular or postseason play. Because remember, the Browns of the past that we're talking about are today's Baltimore Ravens. So Cleveland's just been on the losing end of a sack of poop every single year. But for the first time, a Cleveland fan could go under the tree, open a Baker Mayfield jersey, and understand that that jersey is going to have more use than just one year. It's amazing, right? Incredible. Let's go to number three on our top ten, the Tennessee Titans. And here they are. They're number one in the AFC South. A dominant running game. Derrick Henry at the helm. Ryan Tannehill. Now his first full year leading this offense. And the Titans look even better than they did a year ago. And this team could have easily been in the Super Bowl last year had they not run into Kansas City. This team would have been in the Super Bowl last year had they not had to have Marcus Mariota as their starter for the first half of the year. They would have had a better route to the playoffs, might not have had to run into the Chiefs so early. They would have won the AFC South had they just uh, started Tannehill sooner. Yep. Um, but, you know, they had to give Mariota that chance because uh, number two pick. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Got to give him the chance to uh, sink or swim. And you didn't know what Tannehill was going to be coming over from an Adam Gase uh, system that didn't let him play. <clears throat> let me tell you something. The Tannehill insurance part, policy on Mariota has paid off very, very well. And uh, Ryan Tannehill has uh, remade his career. But it's real easy to remake your career behind that offensive line and running next to Derrick Henry. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny when people don't know which person is going to take the ball, Tannehill or Henry. They still have to commit somebody to Tannehill because he can still run the ball. So you can't just put eight men in the box and expect to sit on Derrick Henry. That's why Derrick Henry gets to go on 200-yard strolls every week. Real simple system to winning for the Titans. It's called run the ball down your throat, control the clock, and play defense. Well, let's see if they can win their Sunday night game this week. It will be at Lambeau, and yes, with snow in the forecast. So this will be an interesting little game in the snow in Lambeau. But the Titans are a team that are built for this. I mean, if you look at the way that team plays, they're built for slow, winter, snow-type games. They run the ball down your throat, and they prevent you from moving the football. This is going to be a field position game. This is going to be a uh, clock control game. Control game is right. And uh, the Packers are going to have to quick strike almost every time they get the ball because the Titans are going to take about eight minutes off with every single drive they have, especially if they don't push, pitch a three and out, which uh, Tannehill doesn't do. Let's see what happens with that. Number two on our top ten, no surprise, they were greeted with a hero's welcome, almost as if they already had won the whole thing. The Buffalo Bills, number two on our top ten, Number one in the AFC East. And number one in our hearts. Let me tell you something. The AFC East as of last week, defeating the Denver Broncos. And Josh Allen, what a way this young man has come from just three years in the NFL. The statistics are on par with Mahomes. They're on par. They're right there with each other. These are the top two quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes and Allen. Allen has transformed his game from a year ago. He's not turnover prone anymore. He makes the correct decisions. He knows when to hand off the ball, knows when to run read option, knows when to call out of a bad play. The experience factor on him has improved. And then, of course, having Stefan Diggs to throw to helps out tremendously. Yeah, that's the benefit of having a big receiver like him. Having someone that you can, you know, my receiver is going to get it if I throw it to him. 
Yep. That's what's going to make Buffalo dangerous. And I will not be surprised if you see Mahomes and Allen go head-to-head with a Super Bowl trip on the line for one of them. I wouldn't be surprised if Allen wins that matchup. That's kind of the key here. I think Allen does have an edge over just Mahomes, just for the fact that, yeah, Josh Allen can run when you don't expect him to. And, yeah, he could rip off – 50-yard run if he needs to. That's what makes Allen so dangerous. But here's the thing that makes Buffalo dangerous. Their defense is actually good enough to hold up with what their offense does. Yes. Their defense, is it like a world-beating defense? No. But they get enough three and outs, and they get enough possessions, and they get enough punts, and they stop enough touchdowns, turn touchdowns into field goals. Buffalo's really good at that. Limiting the points, limiting the damage, limiting the yardage. Bend but don't break. And then get the ball back to your um, franchise quarterback in Josh Allen. Yeah. Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen, have arrived. And they're going to be the team to fear for the next 10 years. Well, um, I'm not so sure about that because the Dynasty team is our first place team. The team we just mentioned before that they have a good chance against. It's the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs. One loss team. Unbelievable record best team in football bar none um best quarterback in football practically um the defense could still use a little work but once again kansas city defense is not trying to stop you from scoring points they're trying to get turnovers because it doesn't matter how many points they give up because they know their quarterback's gonna go get a touchdown the next drive you're looking at the new age brady the new age mahomes the new age brady andy Reid, the new age belichick Yep. You Even though Reed's been in the league a long time, but yep. now Andy Reed has got the guy that could carry him to Super Bowls and glory for the next. This is five the best quarterback years. he's had since Donovan McNabb. Scary, but true. straight up the best quarterback he's had since Donovan McNabb. By the way, Mahomes is better, more yep. physically gifted, more skilled. He's actually bigger than McNabb, and he can just he's bigger that. and faster at the same time. And he can do things just other quarterbacks are just not able to do with throwing a football. He does things that other players can't do. Throwing, running, the vision on him is insane. I mean, he he knows where defensive sets are going to be. He looks like he's been piloting that offense for nine years. And it's only the third year he's starting. Unreal. Unreal. Well... Kansas City now has everything in the driver's seat for them. They win this coming week. They lock up the first round by. They are the number one seed. How deep will they go? Maybe that, a repeat. That's is up to their score. defense. That's up to their defense. How far do they go? That's up to Steve Spagnola. That's up to that defense. And that's up to that defense's ability to contain Josh Allen. Because let me tell you, Up until a couple of weeks ago, I thought the Steelers and uh, the Bills were the only two teams that could possibly take on the Chiefs. I'm now convinced the Steelers can't do it. I don't think the Browns can do it. I don't think the Titans are good enough. Um, Buffalo's the only team right now that I think has a legitimate shot to dethrone KC in the AFC. Well, let's see how far we go. Let's see how far they go and how far they take their talents. You know what? I'm not going to go that far. I can't go that far without something to eat. It's a holiday special. Mm-hmm. So we need a holiday meal. So we got a downtown four-piece. Yeah. you know what we're going to do? We're going to mix up some beautiful sides from multiple different holidays and main courses. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. 
So let's start off with uh, something nice and traditional. How about that sweet potato mash? Okie doke. Let's Our get sweet. that sweet potato mash game. I want to know, what is the sweetest game of the week for us to bite into hmm. this holiday weekend? Let's start with the Dolphins and the Raiders. And boy, mm. a chance at sweet revenge. If you're Miami, you win this game, you really can retain your firm grasp on that wild card. And as sweet revenge, you eliminate the Oakland Raiders possibly from playoff contention. They're 7-7 seven and seven on the year. And you know what? Um, if you do that, that might be the end of Derek Carr as an Oakland Raider. Um, let's not forget, Carr's playing for his job. And if you think Gruden isn't looking to possibly trade up to get rid of Carr. Carr got hurt in last week's game, but partly attributed to the Raiders' loss. Carr got hurt early in the game with a groin injury. And guess who got thrown in there and had to carry the Raiders? We mentioned him a little earlier, Marcus Mariota. Well, there you go. So they're looking to move on from Carr. Carr was uh, on very shaky ground with Gruden in the first place. Although Gruden said, I'd work with him. Good so Mariota is going to become your new guy? If you're the Raiders, no. I think no. the Raiders are going to try to trade up to maybe get uh, a Zach Wilson. That might be a target. Perhaps uh, a, Sam Dar a Sam Darnold from the Jets, a Mitch Trubisky from the Bears. You know, um, they could bring in a lot of different people. And Carr makes a lot of money. So, um, you know, maybe drop some dough, get another quarterback in there, use some of the leftover money to fix up some other areas of that team. And uh, oh, Vegas has something there. Maybe the Jets get Carr. Heavens help me. Heaven help me if the Jets get Derek Carr. You know what? That, would be, that wouldn't be so bad to back up whoever the new quarterback is because it's not going to be Darnold. Mm -hmm. Thanks to the Bengals' win, by the way, the Jets are now guaranteed either the first or the second pick. So it's either going to be Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Yes. Let's go on to now the next of our sides, our delicious four-piece. We mm. did our sweet mash. Now we do uh, – By well, the way, yeah, you'll see the link in the description. Chef Julia came up with these side ideas for us. Uh, check the link in the description, the Instagram. Get your New Year's orders in, especially if you're in the borough of Brooklyn. Get your New Year's orders in. Um, you know what we need? We need some more derbs. Mm -hmm. We need some. Uh, we need some potato pierogi, some beef pierogies. Mm -hmm. We need some latkes. We need finger food. We need, uh, you know, some shrimp cocktail. You know, stuff to get our appetite wet for the main course. Right. Uh, what do we got for that? What's our appetizer? Colts Steelers. Ooh, that's good. A very good one. That's very oh, good. Two very two football teams going down a very interesting path. Uh, Steelers at one point were top of the world, 11-0, undefeated. And then along came drop. Then the Steelers uh, fell out flat, another drop. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, drop. Without, uh, without Joe Burrow, by the way. Back up. Yeah. Yeah. Back up. Yeah. yeah. So the Steelers are looking to bounce back. Um, however – against the Colts team that's playing really well against a quarterback like Rivers who understands the type of mood that Ben is in right now. He's seen enough to understand uh, the type of player he's going up against and the type of attitude that the Steelers will have. 
And I think Phillip Rivers is going to go out there and try to quick strike the Steelers' defense as fast as possible to keep Big Ben playing from behind. So this way they could avoid having to deal with too much of James Conner or anybody else in the uh, Steelers' running game. Not that the running game has been doing much of late. So um, they're going to make Ben beat them by passing. You know what? The receivers can't catch. So if your receivers can't catch and you're stopping the run and you're doing all this stuff, uh, you know what? I think we're going to see the fourth Steelers loss in a row. I'm picking the Colts. I'm picking the Colts. Well, this is a battle of two very uh, ageless wonders here. Mm -hmm. Big Ben and Rivers might be the last time these two ever see each other again. From the 04 draft class. Incredible. 04 04 draft class. and uh, Had incredible careers, both of them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this might be one of the last times we see this type of matchup, and um, it's going to be a good one. Actually, wait, it might not be the last time because uh, both teams are in the postseason, no? Mm, well, the Steelers are basically there. I mean, yeah, they, they – well. I don't see any way the Steelers drop out of wild card. 11-5 and five makes the wild card for sure. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I don't see the Steelers dropping out of the playoffs. I mean, I don't see the Colts dropping out either. Well, so. The Steelers will be ahead of the Ravens because they beat the Ravens both meetings this year. So And the Browns, they're ahead of the Browns as well. So um, they're still in very good position to win the AFC North despite this nonsense. But, but now we move on into our uh, last big one before we get to the main course of our four-piece. You know what? We need that green bean casserole. Yes. Traditional Christmas fair. Who's the green bean? What's the green bean casserole game, Johnny? The Rams and Seahawks. Ooh. NFC East, NFC West showdown. Potentially, NFC West is on the line for one of these. Potentially, it, it, this it is, is the NFC West. West championship. It is. This is the NFC West championship. If the Rams beat the Seahawks one more time, they are in complete control over this division. If Seattle wins, however, the Rams then fall two games out. The division is over. Seattle goes home with it right then and there. So if Seattle wins, this division is over. We will know the winner of the NFC West if Seattle beats Jared Goff and the Rams. And the Rams would have to hold on for their dear life now because (laughs) – you know, maybe it's not hurting them now, but that loss to the Jets, man. Yep. That loss to the Jets. Oof. That was big and that was bad because they needed that. They needed that Jet game. They needed that Jet game to help pad themselves against the, against the Seattle team that could very well go out there and beat them. Because remember, I trust Wilson Wilson a hell of a lot more than I trust Jared Goff. I'd say the Seahawks put this division away. I think they put it away. We'll see if they do. Which finally now brings us to our main course. Our Christmas ham. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. And yes, it is, John. Titans, Packers, the Sunday night game, Lambeau Field in, in the, the snow. snow. Snow is forecasted. It is. I believe it's forecasted to be below 20 degrees that day, if I'm not mistaken. below. It will be 27 degrees. 27 degrees. 27, 30 degrees. There will be snow. There will be snow come game time. And there will be eight men in the box for both teams because it's going to be kind of hard to throw the ball in snow, especially if you're Ryan Tannehill, whose arm isn't that, you know, prolific or strong. He doesn't zip passes down the field with such gusto like he used to. But – 
Derrick Henry running the football in the snow. That's going to break any defensive line down. It's going to break any linebacking core down. Imagine if Derrick Henry starts banging with safeties every other play. Safeties and linebackers are going to have to go in the snow, in the painful cold, to try yeah. to tackle this bulldozer. Cold, the cold is advantage running back. Yeah. The colder it gets, the harder and more painful it is to tackle a running back. Yep. Definitely so, advantage running back, advantage Tennessee. And as much as I don't want to, you know, agree with Chris, because Green Bay should be higher on this list, being as the fact that they are the number one team in the NFC, I think Tennessee is going to take this game for two reasons. One, it's really set up perfectly for them. The type of game this is really fits Tennessee's style of play very, very well. The Packers running game is not as good. The Packers rely a lot more on their wideouts, a lot more on Aaron Rodgers and his ability to be mobile in the pocket, a lot on skill players making good plays, cuts, runs, things like that. Meanwhile, Tennessee relies on good, old-fashioned power football. They're going at you up the middle with the offense and they're coming at the middle of your defensive line with their defense. They're breaking defensive lines and splitting protections in two. So as much as I want to say Green Bay wins this game, I just don't think it's set up for them to do it. And also, you know, you're not going to have that huge home field advantage at Lambeau like you did before. Tennessee will have to definitely win this game in particular by pressuring Aaron Rodgers. He has not been sacked very much this year. So if you're able to get Rodgers a little nervous, get him out of the pocket, and, you know, Rodgers is one of the best in the game, period. Yes, he no is. doubt about it. But if you make Rodgers go out of his strength, if you make him run out of the pocket, you flush him out, and you force Rodgers to have to throw the ball in the run, which I know he can do well, but if you force Rodgers to get rid of the ball quick, it's advantage Tennessee. The only thing I would say about Green Bay, and this is something that a lot, a lot of teams 110% look at with Aaron Rodgers anymore, in a game like this in the snow, the biggest sneak weapon that the Packers have is Aaron Rodgers' legs. Because Aaron Rodgers can still bust out a five-yard, six-yard run if you need him to. He, he to can still run legs. a read option. And in he fact, I would, I would expect a couple of read options just to keep the option open in Tennessee's defense's mind. He may need to run. He may need to do some more running than he normally does if you're going to outwit the Titans. You're going to have to because you got to challenge that defensive line strength for strength. you got to bang with them. You have to get them tired. You have to get that defense tired so that in the fourth quarter, when your wideouts are burning down the field, their safeties are just that much weaker. You see, that's the advantage that Tennessee has. You know they're going to bang with the secondary of the Packers because Henry's going to get to that next level. I don't know if the Packers running backs can. I think not. Well, this is a big game for the Titans. This is a big game for Green Bay. And we will find out one of these two teams will have a lot of momentum going for them going into the final week of the season. I'll tell you, um, Tennessee needs this game a lot more than Green Bay does. That's for sure. And with that, that is going to wrap up our Christmas edition of Downtown Sports. I want to wish everybody a very happy holiday, a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Next week will be our final 
show of 2020. I want to thank Chris DeLarge and Tony Mainville for our top 10 for our Christmas feast. I want to thank Digital Market Battles for sponsoring this ad-free edition of Downtown Sports Beast. Let's remind people, where mm -hmm. can they hear us? We are on 12 different platforms. We're on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Cashbox, Bullhorn, Podbay, and Listen Notes. 12 platforms, Tuesday, Wednesday, Rants Live episodes every single week. We are Downtown Sports, and we are where sports come home. We hope you guys join us to be with us on the last episode of 2020. We've made it, guys. We've made it out of this horrible, terrible, COVID virus-ridden crappy year. And in 2021, just think about it. Stadiums, hot dogs, beers, being able to watch the game and see the people that are actually playing in front of your eyes. It's gonna be amazing. But we'll have to talk about all that next week. But for now, I'm the mouth of the South, John Shaboni. That was my co-host, the Beast of the East, Jonathan Periente. And we're here saying, we out. Goodbye.